You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Like you'll go person, woman, man, camera, TV. So they say, could you repeat that? So I said, yeah. So it's person, woman, man, camera, TV. Okay, that's very good. If you get it in order, you get extra points. If you, Okay, now he's asking you other questions, other questions, and then... 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes later, they say, remember the first question? Not the first, but the 10th question? Give us that again. Can you do that again? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV. Sir, this is a Wendy's. If you get it in order, you get extra points. If you're joining, roll into if, this. Yeah, if you're joining <laughs> us, uh, welcome to Foundation Radio, a very special episode of Foundation Radio. Typically, we try to stick to our like weekly or bi-weekly schedule. We've been flip-flopping since the uh, the pandemic has been going on. And once again, I always just like to open a show and say thank you to everyone who's been listening, everyone who has been sharing our links and giving us great reviews. If you like what you hear, go ahead and just hit that subscribe button really fucking hard uh, and leave us a great review and share us with your friends because that's the best way for people to talk about us. Uh, and I but, like to start every show by saying, hi, I'm your host, Dr. Ruth Almy, and welcome to Foundation Radio. <laughs> that would be me. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Don't try to be me. But, you know, from time to time, we have situations that that kind of force us to jump in and, and kind of give you a little context and, and talk about the news because, you know, while again, the, one of the biggest reasons we left that network was just because we wanted to be able to freely talk about whatever we wanted to, whenever we wanted to. And this particular situation has a ton of historical context and it's something that you should really fucking know about because it's really important and it's, it's terrifying. There's no other word for it except it is objectively terrifying. Uh, so Adam, I'm Adam, as you already know, and, and Jeff and Dr. Ruth or Dr. Jeff and Ruth are here together. I'm not sure it was like a weird blend of you two today, but we're also joined. <laughs> we're also joined by a guest. Uh, Ty Brown has joined us. Ty, how are you, sir? Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, I am Ty Brown. Tyrell Brown is my full name, but Ty Brown on Facebook. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so just Tyrell. Thank you for joining us. Can you tell us, tell the, uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am a teacher, a kindergarten teacher. I am a organizer for, uh, it was a group that we started up a um, grassroots group, Philly for Bernie, that started this past election cycle to try to get him elected. And um, obviously that didn't work out so well, but um, we're still moving. <laughs> we're still doing, we're still 
um, actually developing a new organization that's sort of like, you know, the, the next iteration after Bernie to help build uh, local power for um, for progressive um, activists, for progressive agendas, and for progressive um, politicians and future politicians, which hopefully someday I will be representing um, some people in that capacity as well. We are so excited to have you here. We actually, we, we sort of e-met through a friend of the show, Dan Rank, who could not join us tonight. Uh, what a very lively... Um, <laughs> Jeff, why don't you go ahead and take the lead on this one with that? And again, I have tried really, really hard not to get involved on political discussions on Facebook anymore because I find it it's a lot like I mean, to use a really shitty metaphor, it's like pissing in the ocean. It's just yeah. not doing anything for me and it's not going to change anything. But this guy, this fucking guy was just, uh, Jeff, how would you, um, how would you describe that shit show last night? Yeah. Without specifically naming anybody uh, besides Dan, who made a very poignant, <laughs> who made a very poignant post about the situation that's been going on with, the which we'll federal, talk about. Yeah. With, with, with the current federal situation of deploying federal troops, unmarked federal troops. Yeah. I don't want to call them troops. I feel like we need, I, yeah. Why don't we give context here? They're kind of like, they're kind of like, not they're not troops they're like unmarked federal agents yeah, like, uh, it's, yeah let's... Basically, basically to sum it up in a accurate dis uh, description of secret police that's what they are, are. they're se right. federal about. secret police jeff, jeff and i so, are the same person tonight i was about to say secret <laughs> police. <laughs> yeah. so, so let's let's kind of just jump into it right now we don't have to talk about that fucking idiot from facebook he's an asshole but but uh, but this is we what inspired it uh, of, right. of, of of dan making a very poignant post about you know what this is happening in our world, in our country right now. Why aren't more people outraged about this? And, you know, the uh, typical troll of the Go Trump MAGA 2020, we're all beta cucks and libtards and all that crap. Beta cuck. Beta cuck. Right. What and fuck? what the fuck is that? Never mind. I can't. I can't. None of it right. means anything, yeah. Adam. It's just <laughs> terms that they throw out when they don't have anything to say, which is always. And it's just, every time. Yeah. And just watching this. I think it got to around 143 interaction posts oh, on yeah. Dan's Facebook was, was just delightful. Was, and, and that's how we met Ty and we became best friends immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty like, I think what it was is it, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, where, like, it's, it's like when you, so I don't like to, I don't necessarily like to get into a lot of, back and forth but i do i do get into a lot of back and forth on social media it's one of my superpowers um and <laughs> and um and you know i i definitely have the i have the pragmatic approach where i'm trying to teach and explain and then it's like with people that support to be blunt to that support neo-fascism i'm sorry when you yeah. when when you do that like i take out i put the scalpel away and i take out the sledgehammer like, I just, I am sorry, I can't do that, you know? So right. and I, um, I just I went think... smash and grab on him and <laughs> you guys were doing the same thing. And I was like, and we were like, oh yeah, this is exactly what it's supposed to be. Like, cause I, <laughs> because, because, you know, like for, for the last um, four plus years, they've been the coalition of people that have been calling everyone snowflakes and saying that they're the mm -hmm. bullies and fuck your feelings. And it's just like, oh, you guys haven't met the leftist. 
because we're the ones who, you know, essentially let you guys eat Hillary alive and eat like neoliberals alive in 2016 and for the last four years. But it's like, nope, we're back. And now that you've signaled exactly who you are, like we're in the fight too. Like we're, we're, we're back in this thing too. Cause like, it's one thing to have like, it's one thing to have problematic, like people in the, that are moderates in the way it's a complete another thing to have like a blatant white supremacist and a blatant fascist in the way. So, well, I um, think it's, I think it's a, it's an, it's a good distinction that you made there too, as far as like the, the, the moderate quote unquote liberals, I think it's a lot easier to push. I mean, as we've kind of seen with the Biden campaign, you know, mm-hmm. moving more left, it's way easier to move that type of individual, at least from what I've been able to see, it's way easier to move that type of individual left than mm-hmm. it is to bring somebody that is, I mean, like you said, calling it as it is, it supports the neo-fascist white supremacist, you know, regime. It's mm-hmm. much, much harder to change that viewpoint. And it almost becomes counterproductive at a certain point. Like I, I yeah. said it last night on the feed before the, the comment got deleted. I mean, it, it almost at a certain point felt like I was punching down because mm-hmm. you can only say the same things to like so many times before you have to just be like, well, fuck, you're just not listening to anything that anyone is saying. Like none of right. your arguments are based in any segment of reality whatsoever. <laughs> you have no concept of the truth and your version of the truth is, is this, is this created like almost like this motion picture in your head that is not based anywhere in anything that's happened in the world. And it's, it's well, just, it really, it's, what did I say is, it really ties into our podcast favorite topic of conspiracy theories. Like there's a certain point at which it's right. at, like uh, when you're arguing with someone who is convinced that what's happening in Portland with the secret police is not bad or is, is somehow not fascist. Like there, there's a conspiracy theory level mindset that's happening with that person where it's impossible to argue with them. I don't necessarily yeah. think it's a conspiracy theory mindset of it's not bad. I genuinely think and maybe this is just me being the jaded historian about one of the worst historical eras ever of the Holocaust. It's just, it doesn't affect them, so therefore they don't give a shit. Oh, absolutely. Or, or not absolutely. only that, but it's, the according to them, the right people are getting hurt. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Like, it's the same so, thing with, you saw for so long with COVID, and now we're seeing a weird pivot from some in the federal government about, oh, maybe we should take this seriously. And it's like, yeah, because you've realized rich white people can get sick on this too. Right. And for exactly. so long in the beginning of the pandemic, and still to this, to now, it is a much higher death rate for um, certain communities and others, there's higher death rates among uh, Latinx, Latinx communities and uh, the black community. But I think that because that was um, an early thing and it was affecting certain communities more than others, there genuinely was this attitude, at, first of all, at the, at the federal government level and then also among other you know people themselves that the right people were dying. So therefore, it didn't matter. Well, and, what really, and we, I think one of the things yeah, that's really important is like, it's also to recognize that like, so when people say like something like, like a conspiracy theory, it's like, there's one conspiracy, conspiracy theory that, that like trumps everything, believe it or not. I just said his name, right? <laughs> it's, it's like one that, one that I think that trumps everything. And it's, it's basically the conspiracy theories that come out of the fear of, 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 of white males. Um, and it's something that I, like, I put it on the, on the thread too, when I responded to him and it's not something that I don't, I don't think every person subscribes to it or every white male subscribes to it, but I think there's a context in it 
that like when you look historically, it's like there's always been this sort of like, wait, so we did there was chattel slavery and then slavery was abolished. Oh no, they're oh no, they're gonna come back and they're gonna seek retribution. It never happened, right? And then it's like it's like then you go forward, there's reconstruction and then there's Jim Crow and it's like all these like these like walls that keep people keep putting up to protect themselves from people that aren't even interested in going to war. It's just people that are interested in like, no, we just want things to be balanced. And when we look at like the response to COVID and we look at the response to, you know, to like, you know, you know, police brutality and, and state sanctioned murder to be quick, to go, to be clear. Like when we, when we look at the responses to this, it's like, well, like it's like burning down Walmart is not attacking your community. Now I get it. It's not my personal right. modus. It's not my personal modus operandi. Like I don't. I'm. I don't. That's not my my avenue in this. But like, it's kind of like one of those things where you look and you're just like, well, they're not attacking your community. They're not coming after you because people don't want revenge. We. That's not what's happening. So, but because there's like this inherent fear, it's like. It's this conspiracy of like fear that people are coming to take what's yours. And this guy that was on the thread, it's like, bro, you live all the way up in like bumble fuck somewhere. And <laughs> no, like, like, yeah, like, dude, you live in fucking Percocet in Bucks County. Like, yeah, like you're nobody's, not, no one's nobody's coming to get taking shit, a man. Greyhound, dude. No, nobody's taking a Greyhound up there so that we can like, <laughs> what are you like? What are you complaining about? Like, it's like the violence in the city. Stop. Like, you but don't there's have violence. There's conspiracy theories out there now about the whole Antifa buses. I don't know if you guys, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. These as much it, they were oh, in the Midwest. That's actually how I got home from work today was one of the Antifa buses. Did, did, I, miss, did, I, miss, did, I, miss, did I miss the annual Antifa convention as well? Because I really wanted to make that this year. Yeah, and I, I, I missed it this year and I, I normally yeah. go. But uh, I'm, I'm really, I, think it's, I think it's important to, to point out too that I think somebody had mentioned it about the snowflake comment. I think maybe it was Tyrell. It's just fascinating. Again, I, I just find it so fascinating when the people that call – you know, the left and, 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 and liberals, oh, you snowflakes, you this, you cucks, this, that, and the other thing are the first fucking people to scream and bitch and whine when their Twitter accounts get suspended or if they get deplatformed <laughs> on YouTube. And it's like, you guys are saying that Sandy Hook didn't happen. Oh, you guys even are sitting not even here espousing, that, you are espousing, right, my, yo, my but, rights about having to wear a mask, oh my God, and they're, right. they're the first people fucking freaking out over such stupid shit. But in the meantime, it's the crazy. status... The status quo of the entire situation that Tyrell really brought up is, you know what? This whole situation with Black Lives Matter, it's not about reparations. It's about being treated like a fucking human being. Mm -hmm. And that scares them to death because God forbid that we treat people of color the way that white people have been treated for centuries that right. would upset the status quo so much that well, I, 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 and, and I mean, I do want to go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it, it's just beyond my thinking, especially when we get to the situation of like the, the conservative talking points of the second amendment is the most important thing and individual rights <laughs> and the government should never oppress you. But these are the same people that when we have secret police, federal yep. secret police, arresting people in unmarked vans and cars and taking them to God knows where they're like, well, fuck them. Like at the same point, point, you know what? The second amendment should absolutely be the first cry that these people are saying, because 
for all I'm concerned, yes, I am a firm believer that the government is not always in your best interest and you should have the legal right to carry a firearm and specifically my biggest issue with gun control is that it disproportionately affects people of color no matter what the situation is because conservatives don't give a shit about gun control until black people and brown people have mm-hmm. guns yeah Go ahead. So one, yeah one of the things like i mean you guys saw what happened yesterday they maced they maced or pepper well not pepper spray they uh tear gassed the mayor Yes. The mayor of Portland, they tear gassed him. And he's also not just the mayor, he's the police commissioner too. So like <laughs> so like what when it's <laughs> so it's like when people like when people like they do this whole like they, they don't even know where the front line is on, on on the right, on the far right and on the right. They don't know where the front line is. First they're like protecting police officers, but then they don't really we saw it with the Marconi Plaza like protest down there. It's like they were literally down there like fighting fighting demonstrators but then also when the police were like okay you guys gotta leave too they're like man fuck the police and it's just like well well hold on like so so only support the police when they protect you and your interest And and to me it's like that was the perfect tier system and the perfect microcosm of looking at what white supremacy is it's like and and how it's protect protected because it's like these people down there that were protecting the statue and it's like look whatever you feel one way or the other like they were protecting this, a, a, a piece of granite like that's what they were doing or a piece of right. inert inert material and they were protecting it and it's like well you know there's people coming down here and the, to the same token the antifa buses it was originally what, what ended what, what originally it, ba- it was based off of at least in fishtown i believe um it was either fishtown or down in south philly the walmart that's or the target protest that's what it right, was right it was yeah, like there the was Columbus statue right yeah somebody on social media um had said like that there were buses coming up from baltimore to come and loot in south philly or something like that and then like, these random like people with their white nike sneakers and basketball shorts big bellies and and you know and tank tops went walking down to protect the target and it's like nobody's going down there you guys got you know steered the wrong way by a random social media post and somebody took it seriously like so it's like right. you're down there right. yeah, for no the reason the, you're talking about the gravy seals of course yeah, yes. the, gra- the, the, famous the gravy, gravy seals. seals yes and it's just kind of like it's like man come on come on and it's like it, it's nonsense and and yeah, i think i think there i think there really is i think there is a there is definitely a case to be made for reparations for sure but i i think that that conversation that flashpoint even if you look to something like what trump said the other day about renaming fort bragg first of all i don't even think he knows who the fuck bragg is general bragg <laughs> um but also i think he the immediately the fact that he went and said you know what are we going to name it after we're going to rename it to uh, reverend al sharpton like Al Sharpton? Like, that's the name that you'd like. So his racism is just very, it's just so blatant and so prominent that it's impossible to ignore that. Like, I I know cats that are like that. I know people, boomers that are like that. And it's like, you, your racism is just bleeding out of you right now. And it's just, it's just, 
I guess so. It just ties into this entire thing about like like what we've kind of been talking about. This idea that the, that there it's like it's 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 two separate legal systems. It's the one for the the, the white folks and the and the one, the people that are in power, and then there's one for everybody else. And well, I think and that you know, the, ties the Antifa buses yeah, thing, the Antifa buses thing, the like the conspiracy theory around it that got taken seriously and was sort of used by I think the federal government is being used by the federal government now to justify things like the secret police in Portland. It's so the whole like vector of yeah. Antifa is it's not a real thing because right. it's literally just anti-fascist. There is no organization. I think that there is a frustration on the right that there is no leader that they can attack. There's no singular right. person to be like, that's the leader of Antifa and we can demonize them. No, it's too it's too diverse of it's an ideology. Okay. Right. We are they're, like, trying them, to, you know? they're trying and to so, but that's how you get these the secret police in Portland uh right. going after what now is crowds of like white suburban moms, which I think is to some extent the only reason a lot of people have started paying attention because the optics are so bad. Like it's the attack, and, and it's I, the attack of the Karens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know if it's, I don't really like using this label for these women because I think that they're no, doing no, it just, a little no, bit me, yeah. purposefully. Like it's, I, I hope anyway that there is some understanding on their part of the power that they have under, like there's a power white women have under white supremacy that is tied to motherhood. Mm -hmm. And if you can weaponize it against white supremacy, that's sometimes your only line of attack. Um, And and I have seen some really interesting critiques of the the mom thing on social media from black women saying, well, if this is black mothers, no one would give a shit because black mothers have been marching and, and yelling about this for a while. And when it's white mothers defending like hypothetical violence towards their children, suddenly everyone's paying attention. I don't disagree with that necessarily, but I do think it's why it suddenly is in the news. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely necessary too. Like, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that's come out of this whole, like this whole like uprising, this whole, all this energy, one of the best things that's come out of it is that, you know, it's not, we're not left out out here alone anymore. And that's what usually has happened in the past. And there was no more troops coming. There's no more troops coming, you know. And right now what we're seeing is that like, okay, so this happened, you know, we took the lead on it. And then more troops came because white folks started looking and going like, like now is the time. And no, we're going to allow you to set back why we labor over this because it's past time that we do so and address this when our, with our own communities. And it's like, so it is necessary, I think, that white moms and, and, and what happened yesterday, white fathers showed up with their leaf blowers to blow away the tear gas. Right. And it's so right. it's like, I absolutely think it is necessary. And then maybe eventually, like, we'll all like, be marching together in lockstep but like i think it's a really awesome thing to see that regardless of whether or not i why well, i shouldn't say regardless i think i think it's an awesome thing to see and it's and it's an opportunity for i think you know people to kind of ask the question and and, and educate people that are marching out on the front lines and say like hey you know why are you here and those are things that you shouldn't do because that's detracting from what's happening. I think it's an important thing to do, but what's not acceptable is people that are sitting at home and passing judgment. Right. So I think I think it's like if you're out if you're out in the streets, yes, you are absolutely invested and in you there's an opportunity for us to educate you. Um, but like if you're 
sitting at home and you're just going like, oh no, there's another protest, I'm going to be late to work, then it's kind of like, oh, well, well you want to get back to normal. And normal's right. not coming back, honey. It's just not yeah. going. It's, it's not happening. <laughs> it's net, 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 there's nothing that's ever going to be normal again. And I think I think you're right, Tyrell. It, it, when you get to that point where it's like it, it's it reminds me, and I, I use this analogy in one of our episodes before, which you can find in the archive at foundationradio.net. Cheap plug. Uh, when you we use this kind of analogy, like it, it when George Floyd when when George Floyd's murder was captured on video, and it it basically overtook the nation. It reminds me a lot of very, very shortly after 9-11, you know, and, and the feeling of the world, because I, I can recall, I have vivid memories of the, of a world pre 9-11, but I can't rem- like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in a pre 9-11 world. You know, like it's there's the time for, for sitting on the fence about these things and the time for the, the hand wringing and the hem hawing about what's going on. I mean, it's, it's over. Like you, you have to, you can't, you can't be neutral in a situation like this. You are either supportive of the systemic racist system, uh, that perpetuates this type of state-sanctioned murder and violence, or you're against it, and you're doing whatever you can to stop it, whether it is protesting or donating. And you can or absolutely, or, and you can or, absolutely. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. Or, or even yeah. just sitting around bullshitting with your friends on a podcast and making, you know, making your viewpoints heard and using your platform in order to not just amplify the situation, but also to lift up the voices in the communities that need it. And I think, mm-hmm. I think, really, what's important is is to make sure that that is the you have to be realistic about a situation like this. You have to be realistic about the times that we're in right now, because I think if Trump wasn't in office, I don't think this would even, I mean, I think, I still think we would have the type of systemic racism and the, and the state state sanctioned murder that we would have seen in a George Floyd situation. I just don't think that. And because I think a lot of it too had to do with the coronavirus and people just stuck in their homes watching TV. And they're like, no, this is fucking insane. You know, they're actually being forced to deal with their own racism in a lot of ways. Um, I think, I think that all of that sort of plays in, to this this narrative but one thing that that is troubling me and, and kind of to tie back into what we're here to talk about tonight is 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 what's happening we've kind of danced around this but yeah. i'm going to kind of i'm going to pass this to dr ruth so she can if, if she's comfortable giving us sort of a, a synopsis of what's been happening in portland uh just to to you know to explain to anyone who's listening who's not really sure why they should care about it uh, just to kind of give us the facts of what's been happening i want to tag team this with jeff that's fine. Go ahead. Fine. I can I can bring the larger historical context of why it should be such a big deal. Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, we've, we've covered a lot of it already, which is that there is uh, unmarked, unlabeled, military-garbed uh, federal secret police, essentially, in Portland, snatching people up in rent-a-cars from Enterprise Rent-a-Car, by the way. Uh, contact Enterprise if you would like them to stop selling uh, rental cars or stop renting cars to um, fascist secret police and snatching people off the streets. And they attacked a Navy veteran. Uh, he was interviewed on the police. They're calling him Captain Portland, broke his hand when he just went up to try and talk to them. Uh, they are not using name badges, which is super important because there's this um, uh, narrative coming out from the federal government that's, oh, it's for their protection. but did you know that even overseas, uh, U.S. military wear their names in multiple languages on their uniform? So, but like with using tear gas against civilians, which is against the Geneva Convention, it's apparently fine if you do it to your own people. Um, the <laughs> scary thing about this as well is it seems like Portland is kind of a testing ground to potentially roll this out in other cities. I know that there has been a, uh, some sort of vague announcement about Chicago soon. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's very, very scary because historically a government where the leader is worried about losing power, which seems to be the case with Trump now as he's sort of railing against his falling approval numbers in the midst of the pandemic and various other things, is using um, non, not even the military, but a secret arm of sort of his own militarized group to hold on to power in key cities and use fear to disappear dissenters. Um, it's, 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 a, it's unconstitutional. Like yeah, it's, I mean, on so many levels, but it's not yeah, like Trump yeah. hasn't done a bunch of other unconstitutional things so far <laughs> yeah. and gotten away with them and no one's given a shit. Um, it's just that this one's it's a lot scarier because- Stop snowflake, you're being a snowflake right now. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> it's, it's beyond unconstitutional to a sense of it's the most un-American thing that you can do considering our past of having to deal with both fascist and totalitarian governments in our history. Yeah, I mean, the entire idea of uh, the, it really is making, it's making it scary to be an American, particularly one who was raised, uh, and you know, a lot of this was bullshit, but our idea of our government is that we are a democracy and, you know, we are stand against things like fascism and totalitarianism and we fought the Nazis. And to have that narrative of our own history in the back of your minds while you're watching this happen domestically is um, increasingly frightening, I think, to the point of paralyzing. I think a lot of people don't know how to react to it or they're determined to try and find some way to convince themselves it's not really that bad or this isn't really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's happening in front of us, it's it's troubling to contemplate the full extent of how bad this is yeah i think it's yeah i think it's like one of those things and you said it at the beginning like in such like a cogent way it's like it's people aren't bothered because it's not happening to them so it's like they can look at portland right now and go like oh well it's portland and even though there's like you know, there's the moms that are on that are standing on the front line, and the mayor and the and the and the police chief slash police chief are are there too. It's like, oh well, that's also in Portland. It's not happening in uh, I don't know. It's not happening in Lancaster. It's not happening in 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 uh, Allentown or whatever, wherever you are. It's like it's not happening here right now. That's happening in Philadelphia. It's happening in L.A. It's happening in Chicago. And I think what they're trying to do as well right now on the news, which um, the news, if you want to call it that, like what they're trying to do is they're like, oh, yeah, but it's also because of the gun violence. And I'm like, what major city over over my entire like 38 years on the earth, what major city during the summertime did their did their crime rates not rise a little bit? Like it just it happens. And I'm like, why is it such a concern immediately right now? It's a political stunt by Trump right now for him to to do this and kind of erode the mayors of these cities and the governors of these states by sending in these troops because they're saying we don't want them. We don't need them. Everything was dying down. And he's doing it. And it's just like, so apparently to people that are, you know, that were always like, you know, we're, you know, take up your Second Amendment right because the government is going to take over. Suddenly all those militias are dead silent. And it's like, well, what happened? Because 
you guys were the ones who said that this was going to happen too. And we were all sheepdogging and you said it was going to happen. And now it's happening and you're dead silent. And maybe it's because it's the right people to them that are being hurt. And it's not just, you know, just, you know, black people. It's also people that are poor and people that are, you know, city dwellers. So it's kind of like, well, get them out of here because we need to take back our, it's our the, ideals. It, it's so. the ideal enemy of the fact that it is is going against the, the political lining that Trump from day one has made this divide between mm-hmm. left and right. And he's using the Republican, you know, guidebook law and order, you know, mentality of being able to enact things that are inherently fascist of the approach that he's taking with this. And it's really terrifying because he has created such a narrative with this divide of making a clear enemy out of Democrats, liberals. He's making a clear enemy out of the opposition of anybody who's critical to him. And that's Mm -hmm. what's so terrifying about this because the historical context, everything that's being done. I mean, it's honestly taking so many pages out of Hitler and Stalin's playbook especially with the institution of secret police, because I'm, I'm not even going to dance around it. That is what he's using in this aspect. And it is absolutely terrifying. It should be terrifying to every single American citizen that this is being done. This is the exact same tactics that were used in Nazi Germany of vilifying one group and then utilizing your own military power. And then th- the thing that's extra scary which i'm hopeful of the you know actual optimist of me that we have enough people especially people who are going to listen to this that you can actively work against these tactics because to bring it back of hold on let me pick up my notes and i'm just going to do a quick plug to whiskey whiskey you're the best and uh, you make my life easier especially during hard times like these that jeff jeff before you before before you continue, I, I kind of wanted to jump in here and, and just talk about it because you did. You said, you know, we're not going to dance around it anymore. And, and, and one of the things that I feel like I took so much heat for initially, um, I mean, you you probably hear it better than I do just as the, the resident, you know, one of the resident historians here. But, um, you know, also just hearkening back to Dr. Friedman's class and all the things we learned about the Holocaust and the way, you know, European studies and all the things you learned about, you know, the, basically the history of Germany. Uh, one of the things that I, I kind of caught right away was a very clear, almost like parallel line between the rhetoric and the propaganda that Trump was utilizing and the rhetoric and the propaganda that Hitler utilized during that time in the, you know, the 1930s and the 19, you know, late, I guess. Well, the, well there's, there's a reason I, for that. And well, my question is, my question about this is. Uh, you know, and I used to take a lot of shit. Oh, Trump's not Hitler and we got to stop saying this stuff and we have to be fair and we got to do this. And, you know, he hasn't he hasn't executed, you know, six million people. Uh, and I feel like I feel like a huge segment of the population, especially people on the left, too. I mean, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, we have to be fair and balanced about this and we can't be, you know, uh, uh, hyperbolic. And blah, blah, blah. You got the fucking guilt speech about it. But I feel like there was a huge opportunity that was missing. There was gigantic red flags that were like, no, this guy is literally pulling pages out of Adolf's, uh, you know, playbook. Uh, what would you say to those people now that have said, you know, we have to be fair and balanced about this. And, you know, uh, Trump isn't Hitler. Like what, what would you, what would your response be to something like that? All right. Well, brief brief interjection before Jeff answers every single Holocaust historian I know was calling that out explicitly from November, 2016 and being told they were being hyperbolic and nuts. And now a lot of them are doing the most, 
depressing I told you so. Yeah, here, <laughs> here's the thing. Um, and I will, I will absolutely go on record of saying this. Trump is not Hitler. Hitler is Hitler. The comparison is a little bit ridiculous, but that's not saying that he's not using the same tactics. Mostly every politician uses at least some of the Hitler tactics because it works, because it's about a populist mentality and you need the popularity to be successful as a politician. That being said, the tactics in which Trump is utilizing of creating and vilifying a group that is the opposition to him is everything out of Hitler's playbook. It is absolutely terrifying. And I will say the, the most important thing that you can go into this, especially with a situation where we literally have secret police in the United States that are doing this shit is to understand what your role is in this and how you can effectively combat it. Because every single Holocaust historian will tell you that from the inception of April 1933, when the Gestapo were established, and Hitler didn't come to power until September of 33, that in order for a secret police to be effective, you need the help of the population. He has been stoking fear and this entire divide between us, which is why individuals like who will be remain nameless on Facebook, which are spewing such rhetoric, which is just going to stoke the fire of actual secret police who are going to be going against the so-called enemy of the state is so incredibly crucial. There is absolutely no reason that any American citizen should not be completely outraged. Um, and I know I'm probably going to butcher his name, but one of my favorite Holocaust historians, uh, Robert Gellatly, or Gellatly, had this incredible analysis of the in how integral it was for the local population, especially when the Gestapo were first starting out, because everybody has this ideology of the Gestapo had complete power from the very beginning. They weren't. It was a very small group. And how dependent they were on this mentality of the German public to be able to inform on neighbors of the enemies, which were Jews and gypsies and political dis uh, dissidents, that if we as a society are actively combating against this, then you won't have the same instance that we saw in the 20th century in Europe. At least I'm being optimistic about that. It is very important to understand your history and in going into situations like this. It is much more in line with what Adolf Hitler did with his secret police than what Stalin did with the KGB. Yeah, and you know, that. I'll say is that from the historian point of view, again, like, I think this sort of goes off what Jeff is saying. It is rarely productive to try and make one-to-one -one comparisons between historical events or figures and things happening in the present, uh, mostly because no situation is ever going to be the same as another situation. However, if by accurately describing what is happening in the present, you see many troubling parallels to something that happened in the past, that can be a useful learning experience. And also, I've, I've noticed this on social media, people will accurately describe things that this administration is doing. And other people will come in and say, oh, stop comparing everything to Hitler. And it's like, I didn't even say anything about Hitler. But you apparently <laughs> made the connection, though, didn't you? Yeah. It's, so, it, it's actually kind of incredible, like, when I think, like, it's so... 
I think when it when it comes to you know just in Trump's behavior and Trump's administration, and then like and then you know the unfurling and the and the the pattern that he's kind of like been following, and and it's now like full blast. It's like one of these things that I keep on like encountering, you know, on social media because largely I think for the last four years. I didn't, I ignored Trump. I ignored him. I didn't post about him on social media because I didn't want him in my space. I didn't want those people to get away from me, you know? And it's like, I re-engaged with them over the last like couple of months, um, you know, because it's like, you know, the, the primary campaigns are over. So I'm like, well, now it's time to kind of shift focus towards, you know, this, this, the new enemy, you know, and when I, I was telling a, some, a couple of my friends that like, you know, w- are so far left that they wouldn't even support Bernie Sanders. Like, and it's like, I was talking to them about it. And I'm like, if you ever want a context for how crazy this situation is, argue with a Trump supporter. It's, it's, it, you have to go and you have to experience exactly not from trump's mouth because people keep on going like oh top leveling it and it's like it's trump's behavior it's trump's administration the crazy thing about it is is like at a, on a citizen's level on the ground level down here what people are witnessing is like your neighbor your friend the weird like you know quote unquote karen lady um, that caused the police on a delivery driver. We're witnessing these people that are narcs and that are calling these, the calling regular citizens out for doing innocuous things or doing consti- things they have the constitutional right for, and they're being narcs for the for for these federal agents and for this sort of Trump administration. So they're actually assisting as well in in Gestapo culture. So I had one of my friends that I actually, I had to break ties with them after like 15 years because during the protest in Philadelphia, he decided he was going to stand out on the corner of 16th and Walnut with his cell phone camera out and videotape it so that he could send the footage to the police. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you, like, I get it, man. Like, you don't want to see Walgreens burned down. You don't want to see Target burned down. I get it. But, like, it's like, that's not what you do. You know, and throughout history in our, in, our, in our country, we've had uprisings. We've had revolts. We've had revolutions. We had the civil rights movement, the gay rights movement. And, you know, we've spent decades, centuries whitewashing them and kind of going like, well, yeah, like everyone was marching in three-piece suits and singing, we shall overcome. And I'm like, that's not all that was going on. So it's like the context of people kind of, you know, I, it's like the woke, the woke word of the, of the month is gatekeeping, right? So it's like in the context of like people gatekeeping what they've seen um, in past movements in, in our country, it's like they're kind of going like, well, yeah, you have to be peaceful in order to get things done. And it's just like, do you want a context for violence, a real context for violence? Because if you do, you can't talk about, you know, commemorating the Holocaust. You can't talk about, you know, you know, remembering Dr. Martin Luther King's legacy or Malcolm X or whomever else 
And you can't do that. You can't want Harriet Tubman on a a $20 bill without also acknowledging the absolute violence and the that that has happened to people for centuries. And then also today, and what we're, what we're encountering today with Trump's administration, recognizing that this is a response. This is a response. This is not, you know, you know, we're we're the, 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 the people that are kind of weaponizing our privilege. This is like, this is a response to what's absolutely happened over the last four plus years. And it's like, if you, for, for all the moral preening that's happened over the last, um, over the last four plus years from, from people that are neoliberals about how bad Trump is, it's like, pick a side because they have picked a side. Like they have picked a side and it's like, if you're, if you really think that Trump was that bad when Hillary Clinton lost, he's that, he's that and that much worse now. And now it's the time to first, first and foremost, pick up a dictionary, look up the word fascism, use it, use that word. Right. Yeah. I, I would even go further on that. And, you know, not that we're most likely going to ever have any Trump supporters on this podcast, but absolutely ever, not. Yeah, absolutely fucking not. But if we ever do the important thing, and I will say this from the professional standpoint as a Holocaust historian, listen, just because they are going to target the people that you don't like right now, do not think that with this type of action and with this mentality that you are ever going to be safe because even when it was the people that adolf hitler didn't like eventually it was everyone and and you know what i don't even care about this whole generalization of it it does not matter this is why it is so dangerous to have this mentality of an us versus them because eventually there's no one else to speak up for you because everybody else who would have was already a target. And I guarantee you that the same exact people that are so worried about if this ever happens, oh, the Democrats are coming to take my guns and the Democrats are going to ruin everything. No, it's not going to happen that way. If you allow, regardless of political party, any politician to enact the shit that this administration has done, I guarantee you, you are going to be oppressed. And all you give a shit about is, oh, I have to wear a mask when I go into fucking Walmart now. Fuck you. I yield my time. <laughs> I reclaim my time. I reclaim my time. I just want to add, <laughs> I'm reclaiming my time. Like, Liz, I want to, I want to add into that is that one of the really, one of the contexts that I get from, from, from also, um, you know, comparing it to the Holocaust is this. It's like, and maybe it, maybe it was at play then because I'm, I'm not really as versed as you guys are on it. But like, I also, right now we're living in a situation where there is absolute rogue capitalism that is happening. And it's been happening for the last 40 years. And it's like, we're watching it right now in real time. Yep. People get basically evicted, kicked out of their homes, and and lose their jobs, their health care, and everything. So it's like they're already stripping you. They're already stripping you. So if you think that you can you can lay on your couch and just kind of judge and judge because it's not happening to you, just know that they've already proven that you're expendable. 
They've yes. already proven that you're expendable, even though they're not necessarily spraying you with tear gas right now. They've proven that you're expendable. So you can sit home all you want. But the problem is, is that once you've already lopped off the people that are aggressively fighting for you and you're like, they're too aggressive, they're too loud, they're dangerous. Once you lock them off, there's no soldiers to protect you anymore. Yep. And they're that's going actually, to come that's and get a- you. That's a that's an excellent point that you made, Tyrell. I was I'm glad you said that because it, it, it's true. I mean, if you it just the, just even today, there's an argument about whether or not they're going to extend the unemployment benefits to six hundred uh, the the additional unemployment benefits of six hundred dollars a week because they feel like it's an it's an incentive for people not to work. Which if I had six hours to go into this and just scream into this microphone about how fucking <laughs> stupid that is, I would, but I don't because I don't have the energy and I don't have the 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 range vocally. But I am just it, it's 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 you are already being played and you are going to continue to be played by these people like a fucking violin. And if you think, like you said, if you think for a second that your ass is safe in this situation, you're next. You're no, no one is safe in this situation. And it's very clear. There's very clear historical parallels to this. And I'm glad you said that because I think it's important for people to, to understand that it's important for people to see that. But uh, one thing I want to kind of tie this up with is, is what can we do? Like, what is there that, what is it that we can do? I, I don't know if there is anything to stop this with the exception of, of, of voting in November. And uh, to be quite frank, I don't even know how much help that's going to be. Uh, well, because, that, no. it certainly can't, it certainly can't hurt. Let me, let yeah, me finish. Go, let me, go let me, and vote. Absolutely. Wait, let me, well, wait, let me, let me clarify. I say that because Trump has already signaled the fact that he may not except the election results. So I want to be clear here. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm saying absolutely get your ass out there and vote. Absolutely vote and vote for Joe Biden because he is the last shot to save this republic. I'm not saying, yeah, I was to talking to I'm, someone. Not saying I'm not saying not to vote. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. I'm, what I'm saying is, is that he is already signaling that he may not accept the, the, um, the results of the election, which would put us in a very, and I know people use this term a lot in the media, it's a very clear constitutional crisis that that it of proportions that have not happened in this country before so i want to make sure it's 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 concerning so i think it's it's uh, for me someone that's looking at the situation and 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 again you know kind of all of us together looking at this in 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 the lens of of history what is it that people can do in order to protect themselves uh from these types of situations Often you can't because you're caught up in big social changes and structures that are beyond your capacity. Like the the extent to which we as individuals are powerless is something that's difficult to grapple with. What I will say is absolutely vote. Vote for Joe Biden. I I've had this argument recently with someone about the lesser of two evils thing. Like, oh, it's still evil. Okay, yeah, but you know what will happen if uh, you know, if Trump does in fact step down and Biden comes into office. I'm not going to love, I don't love a lot of that, but uh, that gives us all a chance to regroup and things won't get actively worse. Right. We can still keep protesting. I encourage it. Um, but the stopping things from getting actively worse is what you're voting for. Then and that's secondly, what the I think that is. the other thing people can do right now is just continue talking about this and, and being loud about how you don't think it's okay. The minute we all become too afraid to speak out against things like what's happening in Portland, or we, we are so 
not to vocal about it, that it gets taken out of the news cycle. I mean, it's like it's like how you need to keep aggressively reminding people the Black Lives Matter protests are still happening. They're they're right. trying to artificially remove them from the news cycle. Don't let them keep posting about it. Keep going to them. Keep posting about the Portland protests. Show, uh, you know, post all those pictures of the nice looking white suburban moms getting tear gassed. That's the shit that will make it stay in the news cycle and make people be very vocal about not liking it. It's the complic- uh, the complacency and suddenly deciding, well, this is just the way things are now that will be the death of us. I think like it's I also- one, thing I wanted to, one thing I wanted to jump in and, and just tie into Dr. Ruth and then we'll go Jeff and Tyrell. Um, I... I think it's hilarious that it's the sweetest irony that in the fact that the Portland protests were starting to sort of simmer a bit until mm-hmm. the federal government response went yeah. out there. And right. you know, it's, it's like well, you it's literally, cause... you had the exact opposite effect of what you wanted to do, which is exactly the entire premise of the Trump presidency. It's just, it, he just, no, well, you know, he wanted to look like a tough guy. Is it the opposite effect? He really wanted right. this to be brought to the fact that it was such civil upheaval with the situation he caused it but he wanted it to be that way it's it's not the it's exactly what he wanted because he's going to have his team spin it in a fact of like you know what it was crazy and then the federal government came here and it just went all to shit because all these anti-fun leftists are trying to ruin the country no he knows exactly what he's doing they're already no they're already spinning it is the thing they're doing that thing of like this is what biden's america will look like and it's like dude this (laughs) is what trump's america currently looks like (laughs) seriously (laughs) it's it's crazy because i look back and i'm like and it's like i think that's a very important thing and when we're talking about Trump himself acting like a bully and then his supporters running around and acting like bullies. This is what's so funny to me is that it's like, look, when the protests were hot, when when people were marching in the streets, no one was anywhere where to be found. There was no where sending troops in. They were it was like day one. They knew there was going to be marches. They knew it. Yep. And the local police were tasked with dealing with it. Now, then the marches continued and they were already starting to like kind of slow a little bit because the first ones, the first initial ones were monumentous, right? We're talking about all over the world, you know, mm-hmm. 35,000 people in Amsterdam, 70,000 people in Paris, people all over the planet marching. There was no response. And then suddenly it's like they start to die down and people start going, all right, so look, we took the lead on it. Black Lives Matter and all the political organizing grassroots groups, we took the lead on it and we said to ourselves, look, okay, so we marched, we marched, and now it's time to get organized and now it's time to, to wield this as well. We can continue to march, but we're also going to do this as well. Now, when we started doing that, suddenly it was like, oh, we're sending in the troops. So then he can look like, look, I'm laying down the hammer and it's like, We've already like moved, moved on, not moved completely on, but we've already, you know, moved our attention off of that solely. So you're not hitting us head on right there anymore. And then it's like in Portland, things started to die down and the violent protest, if you want to call them that, like they, um, they started to like sort of slow down. And then suddenly it's like, oh, Trump sending in the and then he's sending in these 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 special ops in order to and it just stoked it up even more. So now he can look like 
he's laying down the hammer or something. And really, it's like, you were too scared to do anything. People forget Trump was in a bunker underneath the White House in Washington, D.C., because they were afraid that people were going to climb that fence and, cl- and scale that fence, scale the lawn and get into him. So he was in a bunker. So I'm like, don't try to act like you're you're like, you know, George Washington charging across the Delaware River in a canoe like you're that's not what's happening. You ran and you hid. And then now you came back out when we're, we've already decided, like, we're going to continue to, pro- to, to protest, but we're also wielding this into actual motion and power in order to get the things that we, we deserve. We deserve in this country. And it's like, because, it's like, you know, just burning things down isn't going to get that necessarily. So we've already kind of moved in a different direction in regards to that. And it's like, suddenly now he's like, oh, I'm going to tear gas a bunch of you know white moms on the front line and it's just kind of like no 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 no. you're not a tough guy you're not a tough guy this is a political stunt and to be honest like i mean i'm not personally impressed by it but i also know how dangerous it is and i know you know with the historical context of it and it's and, and why people need to actually take this serious. And there's certain things that I think people can do outside of just knowing the definition and speaking truth about it. It's like, like when you if, if, if you're on social media and you see this and you and you hear about this and you get the historical context for it, then your posts need to reflect that. Not not necessarily all the time, but like it's just it's hysterical to me because I look at certain certain friends of mine or former friends of mine where it's like they wouldn't post anything, anything political. And then suddenly, a couple of weeks ago, they post something like, you know, Black Lives Matter and uh, aggressive protests burning down buildings and it's like destroying neighborhoods. And I'm like, wait, so you didn't post about George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, or any of these situations, but you're posting about the protesters looting a store. It's just, to me, it's like, get off of that train and get on the train that's that's going to save your ass. Because right now, that's what we need. Exactly. And I, 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 I want to continue these points of, of, of what we can do. But, you know, what's already been harkened back. Yes, go out there and vote. Absolutely. Vote. Preferably Biden, because I don't want this country to go to any more shit than it is. But more importantly, um, and yeah, this is a shameless work plug of get out there and talk to individuals that are have actually experienced this stuff. And I don't necessarily mean from the Holocaust aspect. I mean, talk to individuals that have went out to these protests, get their insight about what's going on. Talk to individuals that had to live through the civil rights moment, uh, movement. And you know what? Go out and talk to individuals that had to live through really horrible government oppression and fascism like the Holocaust. That is the only way that you are going to actively be able to become part of the solution instead of just feeding into this machine of an us versus them mentality and just don't be part of the fucking problem. Be part of the solution. Be an individual. We are a society. We have to live with one another. I don't always agree with Adam because he thinks that Man of Steel is a good movie, and I think he's a oh my god for it. Here we but, go again. But, we just did a whole episode on that, Jeffrey. But my point is, I still 
respect him and he has every right to walk around and live on this earth. Do not make an enemy out of people just because you disagree with them. Listen to them. We're not all different. We learned that in the last episode. Just- and you know what, Jeff? You know what, Jeff? I, I am now rescinding that Goldberg action figure I was going to buy for you. So, you know, it, I mean, you're, I was, you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're fucked. But I wanted to just, can I, can I, can I interject yeah, a go message? Ahead. Go ahead. Cause you know, I, I am somebody who is on the left. I, I, I am, I'm not a liberal. I'm a leftist. And it's like, and as somebody on the left, I have conversations regularly with people that I organize with and we've gotten into these fierce debates on whether or not we should um, vote for Biden or whether or not you should protest vote or vote green or whatever. And I'm like, I've, I've actively said this. I'm like, shaming voters does not get people to vote one way or another. It, it actually has an adverse effect, right? So I'm like, one of the things that I've started to do is like, it's okay to make the ask. Make the ask, let it go, right? Like you don't have to, people know who Joe Biden is. Nobody's asking you to lie for Joe Biden. You know, in order to do this, you don't have to lie for other lie to other people. You have to lie to yourself. So it's like, look, you can vote for him and absolutely spend the next four plus years smacking him around and trying to get him to move left on issues that are important to serving your communities. And I'm like, but it's like under the scope of when you when people, you know, people that supported you know, Senator Sanders, it's like, it's, he had the hashtag not me us movement, right? It's still there. People are still saying not me us. It was trending on Twitter like three days ago. And it's like, so if you're saying not me us, you can't unilaterally as yourself, as an individual say for your own, for your own sake and your own, you know, moral superiority when it comes to your voting practice, say, I'm not going to vote to serve the other people around you because absolutely there are people out here that can't afford to wait another four plus years under Donald Trump's administration. People may not survive it in order to see a better day. And I don't think that it's fair for anybody else to use other people's lives, other people's lives to step on their lives so that way we can get to a better world in which you know, that we can't even absolutely say is going to happen one way or the other. And I'm like, I keep on telling people, listen, if you, if there is an absolute plan, if you have an absolute plan that we can navigate this and go like, you know, Biden, Biden will lose and the Green Party will win or, or I don't know how it would work. You know, they'll draft a candidate, whatever it is. If you have an absolute plan, step by step that you can explain to every single person on this in this nation in order to get them to get on board with it then by all means start spreading it around but i am not seeing yet i have not seen yet an absolute finite plan from anybody on the left that says you're going to save people's lives right on one hand and at the same time get your ideals straight so i'm like i at this juncture and I'm like, and I tell people all the time, voting is a private practice. There's curtains on the booths for a reason. So we can all sit here and go like, I'm going to vote for Biden, or I'm going to vote for Sanders, or I'm going to vote for Trump. The fact of the matter is, is that until you show up at that booth, until you hit that button, 
nobody knows what you did, who you did it for, or otherwise. And they still wouldn't know unless they just trusted your opinion. So it's like, you know, the, the social media stratosphere right now is people running around shouting at the top of their lungs what they will or won't do. And it's like, nobody's going to know either way. And this is all performative. It's exactly. just, yes. it's, this is all performative. And, and ultimately, my friend Rob said this, and I, and I like, I, I, it made me think of this in a different way. He said, well, you know, people that are Antifa, they, they love, and he's, he's, like I said, further left than I am. He's like, he's like, we all talk about being able to, being ready to fire a fascist. Well, check it out. There's a fascist in charge right now, and you have an opportunity to fire him. So yep. I, I suggest you get on board with firing because I would rather spend the next four plus years pushing at Biden and prodding Biden to get the things that we absolutely need because the pandemic has shown that though Senator, Senator Sanders lost the primary, his platform was absolutely spot on. It was spot on and, and definitely right now it's desperately needed. So it's kind of like it's, it showed that, but we didn't win. Biden right. won. It's time to move on. We can lick our wounds and then pick up the sword on November 4th after he wins and go to work again. But like none of that's going to matter in a, Trump. in a different way. Right. We yeah, can work no, in a different way to push him. We can, like I said in the beginning of the episode, we can work to push Biden more left than we could have. Right. We could ever wish to accomplish with somebody like Trump. And so, it's also so important with, to vote people on forget like with FDR. more local. It's important to vote in more oh. local and like lower levels too, because what will help, right. you know, if we actually do this and and get Biden in, what is going to help push him left is to have advocates in Congress mm -hmm. who are more in line with these more leftist ideals. And I would agree. I agree with everything um, that. Uh, Terrell just said actually about um, because the vote, especially the vote shaming thing, it's not worth it. Like move on, let people do their own thing. Right. Uh, right. I'm more just putting out with the idea of like because I'm, yeah. I'm a bit of I'm more of a leftist than a liberal as well. But I just you know I'm not going to ever go after anybody for not agreeing with me about this necessarily, particularly if they are on the left. But the lesser of two evils thing for me, when it's said derisively, I'm like yeah, that means that I will have a a lower chance of of the right. administration literally killing me, which means I can still do the work. So I am going to vote for the the group or person that will not make this actively worse than it currently is. And I I wanted to just briefly tie up here real fast and some other things that you can you can do in order to just to help you can, you know if you, if you can't be out on the front lines. Um, you know, for a multitude of reasons and it's fine. You know, there's always things to do. Um, in the show notes, we have a bunch of links where uh, places you can donate uh, to the Black Lives Matter Global Network, the Gianna Floyd Fund, the Bell Project, the NAACP, the Trevor Project. Those are all great places to start. And you can really sort of, you know, branch out from those specific jumping points and find a lot of great resources, not just as, you know, nationally, but also locally uh, and then, you know, across your own state. Uh, so I recommend definitely diving into those networks and really finding out what you can, you know, you can get your hands on. But um, just a couple brief final thoughts from everybody on this and 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 we'll, we'll wrap it up for the night. Okay. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Don't all jump in at once, you guys and gals. All right, all right, all right. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. Um, regardless, yes, of we know we know Man of Steel suck. We know. Uh, no, regard regardless of this entire Man of Steel stuff, with the situation <laughs> with the situation that we are facing as a society and as America, 
you all should be completely appalled at what is happening and using Portland as an example to this democratic republic with the institution of secret police. I personally would encourage every single person to carry a fucking gun, but I'm not going on the record and saying do that. More importantly, get out there, be loud. I don't care. Just don't think for yourself. Don't buy into this us versus them mentality. Okay? Because eventually you're going to be the them. Um, my final thought is don't forget about this in a week or two weeks or in November. Um, it, the news cycles are so quick these days and we get so much information coming at us. Um, I'm sure there's stuff that happened two months ago that I've already forgotten and would be, if we reminded of it, would say, that's insane. Uh, this in particular, though, uh, let's not forget about this. Assuming it doesn't escalate and get worse, I'm sure we won't forget about it. But, you know, don't, don't become complicit and decide, oh, suddenly this is fine because it's normal because I got used to it. That's my final thought. And can everyone hear me? <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, so my final thought is uh, a, a few. First, I want to, uh, I want to just re- remind everybody: eight minutes and forty-six seconds. Just think about it: eight minutes and forty-six seconds. His life was snuffed out in eight minutes and forty-six seconds, um, while he begged and cried for his mom. And I want to nail that down in this so that way people can remember that when that happened that was someone's son that was someone's husband friend that would and and if if any if that can happen to him in broad daylight and we're talking right now in the context of fascism that can happen to you too and I want to make sure that people understand that the gravity of it is not just, it's not just Trump and it's not just the special ops. It's not just, you know, um, it's not just based on racial lines. Um, it is also the fact that they are ready. They are ready and they are proving right now through our, our government that we're expendable. And the more that they prove that by taking away the things that we deserve and stripping them down even more and more, the more that they prove that to themselves and to their followers, the more we become expendable, the more of us become expendable. So it's imperative that right now people speak up, speak truth to power, no matter who it is, speak truth to power. You can vote for Joe Biden and you can also speak truth to power. You can tell the truth about his legacy. You can tell the truth about his practices as a senator in, the, in, in, our, in our government. You can do all of that still and vote for him and still get Trump out of office because it is the only logical solution right now to get Trump out of here. Second, I also want to say, uh, follow me on Twitter at the time is now TV um, because I, I'm trying to build my Twitter profile up and I say a lot of these things on there and um and thank you guys for having me on um this is an awesome platform and people i hope people are listening i hope more people listen because there's a lot of really important things that are being discussed right now and um to the other people out here the last point it's like i 
I remember when I was a kid, I worked at this job and on my boss's desk, she had a sign that said, your urgency is not, or, or your emergency is not my urgency. And I thought, I used to think that that was such a shitty thing to say to your employees, right? Seriously. Like the shittiest take of all time, yeah. But So applying it to the circumstance right now, it's like, if that's your attitude, you really need to do some self-reflection right now and figure out, is that your attitude? Because right now, there's a lot of people that that are in a situation where it's an emergency. And we're not just talking about black people. We're talking about people that have lost their homes or are going to lose their homes, lost their health care, people that have lost their lives, family members that have lost their lives because of COVID. It's like people are in a state of emergency. So if you're saying right now to yourself that it's not your urgency and you want to go have brunch and cocktails and you just want things to go back to normal, you need to check yourself. And if you don't check yourself, don't worry, because Donald Trump is waiting to do it for you. I don't think I have too much more to add. Uh, that I got chills already said. Yeah, Tyrell, that was fucking amazing, man. That was great. Uh, yeah, I literally have nothing else better to say after that. He has said everything I was going to say uh, way more <laughs> than I could. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, really just f- as always, like at the end of the day, you just have to be aware of what's going on around you, you know, and I, I want to make clear too. I know there was kind of a little confusion and I, I clearly didn't say it right because of the reaction I got, but I'm not saying not to vote. I think it's just a fear of, of what's going to happen based on current circumstances that are going on every single day in this insane administration, but get out there and vote, get out and vote because it could be the very last time you have the opportunity to do this. The, the and, and I cannot be more clear about this. The sake of the and, and I, it's not hyperbolic, but the this like the democracy, our current reality, whatever we're living in, it's at stake, and it could it could very well disappear if this man is reelected. Um, and it's important to go out there and vote and utilize that power that you have uh, and and do it the right way. Uh, stay safe. Wash your fucking hands. Wear your mask pro- appropriately. I've had too many beers appropriately wear it above on your nose and on your mouth. Don't be an asshole. Um, and just, uh, just be good to one another. Honestly, it costs nothing to be nice and just look out for one another. And I want to thank all of you, Tyrell. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Um, this is, you have been an excellent addition to the show. Dr. Ruth, uh, Dr. Jeffrey, thank you so much for uh, being here. <laughs> one thing I wanted to, one thing I wanted to let you know, Jeff, because I do love your Indiana Jones avatar. Uh, James has been playing a lot of Lego star Wars, uh, the past or Lego Indiana Jones, the past couple of weeks. Nice. And today, today he hit me with a, I hate snakes. And, uh, I knew you would be, I knew you would be proud of that. So I'm very that. proud of that. Listen, I, your sexy co-host, Greg Mead, I'm so <laughs> glad that you, you joined us today. Yes. And listen, everybody <laughs> to, to really harken back to what Adam was saying, be safe out there, wear a mask, get out and vote. You know what? Thanks for joining. And again, Tyrell, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad you, we were able to, we were able to meet over some fuckwad. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, what an am- what an amazing connection to make. I just want to quickly say thank you to Greg Mead, Sam Krebs, and Joe Keen that couldn't join us tonight for this uh, this episode. Uh, you can find all of our content on FoundationRadio.net. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to your favorite shows. Um, 
uh, yeah, and just enjoy the rest of this week. We'll probably be back in, in a week. I don't know what we're going to talk about next. Hopefully we have no other major calamities going on, but it's 2020. So anything's possible in the seventh level of Jumanji. Uh, <laughs> be safe, everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk to you again soon. Radio is recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and Sam Kreps. Our intro and outro is produced by Dumb Ugly. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Foundation underscore radio. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Foundation Radio Pod. This has been a Foundation Radio production. <laughs>